Welcome back to Carlton's Corner, the podcast where we dive deep into the world of the Toronto Maple Leafs. I'm your co-host Alex, and with me is our other co-host Anthony. Together, we're going to explore the highs, the lows, and the unforgettable moments that make being a Leafs fan a lifelong journey. Anthony, this is episode two of Carlton's Corner. Our first episode dropped two weeks ago after the Leafs <coughs> took down the Montreal Canadiens, uh, I believe it was six to five in the shootout. Correct. Yeah. The most notable thing about that night is the Leafs finally moved on from Hall and Oates as the goal song. The goal song yeah. that was debuted was the Steve Aoki <laughs> Pursuit of Happiness remix. And this debuted to uh, some mixed feelings, but overall, I feel like most fans most fans enjoyed it. I personally thought it was a good fit. I don't know about yourself. I definitely thought it was. Uh, I enjoyed it. I, you know, being being at the game, I think it was pretty cool to, to right, have something there. something something more in this generation. Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, it was <laughs> yeah. no, it was a, it was a good song. I enjoyed it. But I'll let you talk as yeah. to well, uh, I mean, as to your thoughts for someone who was in the building. You'd say it was a, a fitting, exciting goal song, especially you've been to the Leafs games in the past couple of years, especially compared to yeah. you make my dreams come true. Uh, yeah, it was it was definitely a. It felt weird to hear another song because it's That's obviously fair. Hall and Oates have been have been there for so long, um, especially since like at least 2016, 17, like with the core four being there. Yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, but no, it's it, it, it felt weird to hear a different song, but weird isn't a good or isn't a bad thing. Sorry. I think weird is definitely something like for for Pursuit of Happiness. It was a unique song, but I personally enjoyed it. And I think most people did. But uh but obviously it didn't last too long. So, yes. um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting there because we dropped our last episode two weeks ago and just, I'll get this um, right off the top here. Episode is going to come out every two weeks on Saturdays because the Leafs normally play hockey night in Canada on Saturday night at seven o'clock. So expect episodes every two weeks we might do some in between, but that's going to be our schedule going forward. So two weeks ago, Saturday night, or like a Saturday afternoon, our episode drops. Saturday night, there's a report before the game. The Leafs have gotten rid of Pursuit of Happiness as their goal song. Yeah. It lasted one game. One measly game because fans were upset about the lyrics for some reason. Yeah. Now, I know, I know there's something in the song about like, dr- he says something about driving drunk. And like, I don't know if that's, mm-hmm. I haven't seen any confirmation about what the lyrics were that got people outraged <laughs> yeah i i don't get it man it's a goal song it's it's like it's an edm song you, you dance and have fun because your team just scored and yeah. for there to be enough outrage after one game that they've changed it immediately to it's called like what dupped up now yeah so yeah. saturday night all of a sudden like we dropped our we dropped our podcast we uh watched the leafs take on I believe it was minnesota in their second game of the season second home game of the season and mm-hmm. already completely new goal song and i i didn't even really hear it much over the speakers uh, I'm watching here at my TV at home and I tried looking it up after and I still don't know if that's the right version but dupped up I I, I have no opinion because I don't know what it sounds like yeah uh, yeah <laughs> uh, no it's uh, it was definitely interesting because I think for the lyrics part um, there's a part in the song where it's uh, speaking about like hand on the wheel driving drunk I'm just doing my thing or something along those lines. Um, and then I think a few lines later, there is some profanity, uh, but I, they, they definitely had they, that cut out. I think they had the censored, clean version yeah. of that game. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like usual, I think most teams do that. Um, but no, I think there was, I think it was that, uh, that kind of outraged, especially if they were trying to touch to the new, new generation or at least the younger generation. Um, they didn't want to, you know, sit there and be like, Oh, well, 
my my son heard this in the Leafs goal song. It must be perfectly fine. Um, but no, it's I don't, like I I didn't see an issue of it. I think there was just something to complain about, uh, especially with a lot of people having a lot of mixed mixed opinions on uh, on Hall and Oates. But yeah, no, the new one is uh, is dupped up or doop doop. I'm not too sure how to pronounce it, and no I'm clue. pretty sure it's by Mickey Krause. But sure. uh, I don't know Couldn't the exact version of it, but I think that's the that's the artist behind that song. All right. And by no means like <clears throat> advertising driving drunk. I don't think the song is either. I just didn't think it was a big enough deal to to, to change the song. Um, anyways, the reason this is a big deal in Leafs Nation is because we had You Make My Dreams Come True by Hall & Oates for so long. And despite it, uh, it was kind of fitting at first because... It was this old style song with like Leafs going into their hundredth season and they had this new young core coming up. They just changed the logo. It was supposed to be like honoring the past with the future and all this stuff. And then after six years of it, it just got super old. And so there's a big uproar for the last couple of years to change it. And of course, as soon as I do this controversy, but anyways, mm-hmm. moving on, moving on from that goal song, the next game was also a home game for the Leafs and we got another new goal song yeah. because they announced they're doing different goal songs for different <laughs> situations. So Anthony, you can yeah. take this away. Uh, yeah, so the Leafs announced that they would be doing, uh, well, originally it was Pursuit of Happiness, but now it is Dupped Up or Doop yep. Doop. I'm just going to say both every single time I, I yep. speak Fair about enough. it. Uh, uh, yeah, they they announced that was the goal song for just regular, ordinary home games. Um, and then they introduced uh, Panama by Van Halen for original six home games. So just home games against any of the original six teams. Um, and I thought that's a pretty good song. I think I like it. I like it. I think Van Halen's a pretty, pretty good band. Panama is a great song. I've, I've heard it a million times. Uh, I can only imagine that everybody has heard this song by now. Um, but yeah, just talking about just the amount of goal songs they've gotten this year already. It seems like that's their third one, but obviously their second one with their keeping and obviously won't be, uh, done on this upcoming Saturday, tomorrow or today, whenever people are listening to it, um, because they are away. But they are also having a specific goal song for uh, the flip side jersey games, and it can only be presumed that it has some sort of relation to Justin Bieber. Yes, sir. Um, but yeah, I'll let you get into that. Yeah, give me "Baby" by Justin Bieber. Just kidding. Please no. <laughs> that ha- that would be so fun. Under the mistletoe, something, something. <laughs> oh my god! No, it'll probably be like yummy or something, and he'll he'll want the Leafs to stream it on mute while they sleep, like he told his fans to. Yeah. Any- at, anyways, at this point. We'll, we'll get we'll get on from goal songs, but yeah, you are correct. There is also going to be a third goal song, or I guess technically now a fourth goal song, given the ones retired uh-huh. for the flip side games. And like you said, the Leafs will be debuting their flip side jerseys this season uh, tomorrow night, or I guess tonight, as of when this podcast drops. Saturday, October, I believe, 28th, whenever you guys are listening to this, uh, on the road against the Nashville Predators, uh, have not had the best, or haven't had the best record, most amount of a success in these jerseys. We were Horrible. trying to do, yeah, we were trying to do some research before the pod and figure out what their actual record was or when the last time they wore it was. We believe it was a game last season against the Chicago Blackhawks. I think you have the yes. box score something pulled up there. Yes. Uh, February, it was February 19 in 2023. Uh, just within a week and or so before the trade deadline. And uh, let's just say Max Domi had four points and it wasn't for your buds. Um, yeah. And, and Patrick Kane with a hat trick, it was uh, a five, three end score. Um, but no, that was the, that was the final game last season where that those jerseys made an appearance and yeah, they do not have a, uh, a very good 
record in those jerseys. I feel like most people who watch on a nightly basis know that in the alternate jerseys, the Maple Leafs do not have the best of records. Whether it's uh, superstition or not, it just it is what it is. Yeah, they won the, their debut game with the jerseys, like I was saying yeah. before the pod, too. I remember because I had, I had COVID. It was March 23rd, 2022. Of course. Um, I got sick, and I, I watched that first game. It was Mark Dano's debut. They beat the yes. New Jersey Devils 3-2. Uh, and since then, yeah, not the best record. They look to flip the script. Uh, again, I'm not sure. How, how does it? Tomorrow, tonight, whenever, yeah. whenever you guys listen to it, against <laughs> the Predators on Saturday night, Hockey Night in Canada. Because uh, they've been on a decent decent tear to start the season. Uh, I think you have the standings pulled up. Let me just double check. I believe they are third in the Atlantic currently. Yeah, third yeah. with 10 points at a 5-2 and two record, uh, being 4-2 and two since our last podcast. Mm-hmm. They, yeah, they, uh, they're third place right now, as you said, 5-2, and two, uh, below the Red Wings, who have 11 points in eight games. Uh, seem to be a very early surprise here in the season. Um, and obviously, the Boston Bruins in first place with a 6-0-1 record, 13 points yeah. in seven games. Shout out Anaheim they, Ducks. Ha, yeah, they, uh, let's just say they, the Anaheim Ducks broke up their their streak the other night it uh let's just say it lost me a little bit of money but here we are um <laughs> but no the the bruins have been on a fantastic tear of the season i don't think anybody had them uh pegged in as the first team in the atlantic over a couple weeks worth of games uh they are doing fantastic with the talent that they have considering pavel zaka is their first line center and they lost their <laughs> yeah. first line and second line center in the offseason due to retirements obviously bergeron and Krejci. um but no they've been they've been lights out uh but no even even tampa bay you know missing their star goalie andre vasilevsky they are just below the maple leafs uh and then it seems to be these Senators and Sabres aren't getting off to the hot starts that everybody had them for. Yeah, Senators, they've already lost Brandstrom and Shabbat for weeks now. They uh, uh-huh. I can't say I had them making the playoffs originally, but uh, yeah. I definitely didn't think they, uh, they'd be this far down to start the season already. Uh, sure. The team that's definitely surprised me is uh, the Detroit Red Wings. Because it turns out Alex DeBrinkett is actually good at hockey. He just doesn't like the city of Ottawa. Um, <laughs> I don't either, yeah, so, so that's Yeah, I mean... A, <laughs> Can't say I do, but uh, yeah, the Atlantic's been a little tougher to start the season than we would have thought. I don't think the Leafs have had many Atlantic division games off the no, top. They played just the two. Tampa and Montreal. Oh, they played yeah, Florida. The no, they played Florida. They lost to Florida. They Florida. That's okay. So they two on one record. So three yeah. out of seven. So never mind. Shut up, Alex. It's about fifty percent. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but but no, they they um they've been looking. Up and down, and we'll we'll touch on some more specific issues in a little bit here, but. The kind of classic Leafs where they seem to be getting outplayed. They don't have the best defensive structure. Their goalie, Joseph Wool, shout out. We'll touch on you in a little bit. Uh, it's kind of bailing them out. And they're still pulling out wins. Like, not the greatest yeah. hockey. It is early and all the, all the points matter. Like, you can't make the playoffs in the first month of the season, but you can definitely miss them if you don't rack mm-hmm. up any points. Um, they're racking up points. And so, for right now, I don't I don't know. If they, I don't think it's fair to be too critical. We can definitely critique the team and we, we know there's uh, areas to improve upon, but as long as they're getting wins, uh, I'm okay with it for now. Yeah, exactly. You know, the at this point in the season, it doesn't really seem like people care about the deserved to win o meter on uh, with money puck or any of that stuff. But uh, I actually oh, they, <laughs> that, that that is very funny. I still I still enjoy looking at that the odd time. You just, you just reminded me. Yeah, I meant to I meant to make a little segment here. I'm going to start doing that going forward. Is uh, track the leaves with deserved to win o meter record. 
Yeah, you know, they, they seem to be in the past on the wrong side of things, you know, having having that deserved to win meter percentage way, way higher than uh, than the other team and yet still coming out with a loss. And it seems like to start this season, they have been in the losing side of that meter and somehow have pulled out a 5-2 and two record. Uh, they've been definitely outplayed in most games than not. Um, and they, they seem to, you know, they... They come out with a win, and Matthews having seven goals in, in what is that, seven games now, and he's only scored in three games. So six goals were in the first two, and he has one in the last six. So um, they they seem to be pulling out wins with secondary scoring. You know, obviously, Tavares and Nylander with the hot start, both seven-game point streaks to start the year with 11 points each. Riley, Morgan Riley has had a fantastic start to the year. Um, John Klingberg, five points in seven games. We'll talk about his offense and not his defense because we're here to talk about the good things. Um, but yeah, Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews have, I'm not going to sit here and say played horrible. I don't think they have. I think they played pretty good for for what it is. They're just not getting their ways. I think I did a tally as of before last game and Austin Matthews has hit eight posts this season and it's been seven Ooh. games. So um, it's not look not look too good, but obviously Matthew Nyes with a big game a couple games ago. Domi starting to fall into form. Bertuzzi with a goal yesterday starting to fall into form. Um, but no, I'll let you get away with that. Uh, yeah, I actually was able to just quickly track the money puck there. Um, despite winning their last two games against uh, Washington and Dallas, the Leafs were 0-2 on the deserved-to-winner meter. <laughs> and their record's 5-2 and on the season, and their deserved-to-winner meter record is 5-2. and Wow. <laughs> so wow. according to moneypuck.com, despite the games not lining up perfectly, they uh, deserve to have the exact same record that they do currently. So... Uh, Apparently they're playing uh, right as expected, but perfect. Uh, but no, so it never lies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll jump into yeah, like you said, the, the depth scoring started stepping up. Uh, the one that did not was Fraser Minton. He was sent back down to the CHL. I believe that was today when we were that was, this. It was yeah. just earlier. Um, which I think is deserved. We talked about this in our last episode. He got his like what he played four games. I think they scratched yeah. him for the last two. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe you played maybe scratch scratch for three. I'm not exactly sure. Maybe you played four or five. I don't re- exactly remember. Yeah, um, didn't score, so doesn't have his first career NHL goal just yet. Uh, I don't remember if he has a point. Does not. Does not have a point. Okay, so does not have a point. Yeah. He didn't look horrible, but as we kind of expected, he got sent down, and so now yeah. it's on the depth scoring to kind of step it up a little bit because the lines have been in a blender, and it seems that the uh, who was it Nyes, Camp, and Domi that line started to click. Mm-hmm. As yeah, a third they, line, been and, good. and Pontus Holberg's come up and played some fourth line center for us. And yeah, we got William Lagason coming up to replace Minton because of a uh, issue to Jake McCabe. So the depth is going to have to start showing up for us. Yeah, it's uh, it's been, it was a rough it was a rough uh, first first bit of the NHL for Fraser Minton. Not in the aspects of development. I think he had a fantastic uh, training camp, and he definitely deserved to get a handful of games in. I definitely wanted to see him get closer to the nine-game threshold for his entry-level contract to slide, uh, but but they give him four games, averaging under 12 minutes ice time per game. Yeah. He was a, he was about 50% on the face-offs, which is as much as you can ask for for a third-line center, especially a rookie. Um, but no, he he only ended up with, with three shots and had uh, a minor penalty. And those were his only recorded statistics on the stat sheet. Um, so it was... It was not a great performance from Fraser Minton, but I'm glad he was able to get an opportunity and we'll definitely be seeing more of him uh, next season because I definitely see him 
being a uh, full-time NHLer come next year. Um, but no, yeah, talking about how he was sent down today and the Maple Leafs calling up defenseman William Legison from the Marlies, who's been, who was a UFA signing in the summer, and he's played a very good game with the Marlies as of late, uh, was on their top pairing. And yeah, as you said, Jake McCabe is undisclosed with an injury. He is day-to-day. It is trending that he does not play tomorrow. I feel like they do not make this move without it, although Legison is now waiver-exempt for 30 days as to when he got waived a few weeks ago. Um, so he can easily be sent back down. But Jake McCabe definitely seems to be trending in the wrong direction for tomorrow's game, so you'd definitely see Legison hop up into the third pairing. Not too sure where he will be. I assume it'll be with John Klingberg, uh, but we do not know as of uh, as of right now. Yeah, I just had it. I just lost the tweet because I was pulling up the flip side jersey. Um, I believe they said, yeah, Legison is currently slotted third pair with Klingberg, and that mm-hmm. reunites Mark Giordano and Timothy Lilligren on the second pair, which mm-hmm. neither of those do I love because the no. defense has not been great to start the season. Um, definitely don't want to ever see anyone go down with an injury, but I can't say Jake McCabe was having the best impact when he was in the lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, him and Klingberg, you'd think that pairing would work because... Think of the the Mark Mathot, Eric Carlson pairing in uh, yeah. in Ottawa when they went on that that not cup run, but they went on that playoff run in 2017. Yeah, obviously Klingberg's not Eric Carlson. I think Jake McCabe's probably a little bit better, maybe not defensively than Mark Mathot, but that's kind of role where you know one guy is a prominent offensive force in the blue line and maybe not the best defensively. Mm-hmm. So you as the partner, you kind of hang back, you take care of your own end some more, and let your other your other guy go off. Jake McCabe's yeah. not really that player. He's always been the guy who wants to pinch wants to lay the big hit will take risks kind of wants to move the puck a little bit and so him and Klingberg haven't been the best fit so far um so it's unfortunate he's went down but not glad to see it split up due to this obviously but glad to see them making some changes i have no mm-hmm. idea what Lagason and Klingberg will look like um i haven't really seen too much of william Lagason. i believe he was in edmonton and montreal which yeah. uh not renowned for being the best defensive teams, but he is decently big, six foot two, two ten. Uh, not really sure if he's <laughs> the most mobile guy, but if he can just kind of be big, take care of his own end, and just be a reliable force back there for Klingberg to kind of go off, then yeah. third pair of minutes I feel like is fine. <clears throat> but it's really the second pair of forty-year-old Mark Giordano and Timothy Lilligren, who is just coming off of last season, not having a good time right now. Yeah, it's. Uh yeah, William Legison has only 60 NHL games under his belt. Yeah. Uh, he was he was drafted in 2014 to the Oilers, so he did start his career at Edmonton, ended up in Montreal, I believe, after the trade deadline in 21-22. Uh, but no, he's yep. been prominently just an NHL guy as of last year. That's really all he played. And this year, to start the year, that's where he's been. Um, but no, he's always been relied upon as a you know seventh defender or even an eighth defender bearing injuries. Um, but no, it's he's he's definitely not somebody that's going to come in here and make a difference. He's just we just need him to hold his own until until the defense is healthy. And it kind of pains me here because when we signed Klingberg, it 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 there wasn't a proper partner for him other than really Jake McCabe. Um, but he he just seems like he needs that defensive presence like with him in order to excel, kind of like Morgan Riley. I think it was 17-18 where he had 20 goals and he was next to Hainsey, I believe, yep. where Hainsey kind of just, just sat back and let everybody else do their thing. Jake McCabe is definitely not that guy. He's more of a two-way guy. Like you said, he likes to jump up, likes to pinch, likes to carry the puck the odd time. 
Um, the perfect the perfect partner that is technically still under contract, but I think he's a scout for them now is is Jake Muzzin. Yeah. But but obviously, uh, unfortunate circumstances with how his career has come to a close here. Uh, he's he's obviously not going to be able to play. Placed on a long-term injury reserve this season. But no, John Klingberg is definitely not somebody you want to rely on for defense. William Legison is definitely not the answer to it on defense. But it's just something to cover while Jake McCabe is out with an injury. Yeah, and depending on how long that injury is, we've kind of expected that there might be a move coming, especially, on, again, on that blue line. Granted, mm-hmm. living is not really committed to the the defense he's been kind of coy when when talking about the roster just in general saying like things can change basically um mm. which definitely now we'll, we'll expect to see like i said that second pairing i don't love timothy timothy lilligren i wanted him to step up and finally be that top four defenseman it just hasn't happened he had a really rough time down the stretch last season playing his way out of the lineup now he's being pushed up in the lineup because of injury and because of Klingberg is just not reliable on his own end, and he he's not been great. And his partner is again forty year old Mark Giordano, mm-hmm. who's now back in the top four. This yeah. guy's on, on a I don't know if it's league men, but it's down and around league men for yeah. one more year. He's again I'll keep saying it until until I can't can't speak anymore. Forty years old. I yep. I love the guy. He's a great veteran leader. He should not be playing top four minutes anymore. He should no arguably not be playing top six minutes anymore at least every game so is william legison going to be the guy that comes in and replaces him i don't think so i if he if he can and he plays phenomenally then great but there has to be a move coming here yeah it's 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 not something you want to see when mark giordano is in your top four listen i love geo he's my guy i've loved him even even back to his Calgary days, obviously a Norris trophy winner within the last five, six years here somehow. Um, but <laughs> for 40 yeah. years old, like, like you said, league minimum one year left, you can only presume that this is his last season. And if it isn't yep. his last season, he's just going to be like a, a seventh defenseman extras guy also on, again on a league minimum deal. Um, but no, no, that second pairing doesn't look too good right now, especially with Timothy Lozergren. As you said, he's been somebody that's played his way out of the lineup multiple times over the last few seasons his skating seems to be the reason that he's been being held back he's just it doesn't seem like anything's going for him i think yesterday and a couple games ago he had a bunch of opportunities to make a good make a few breakout passes couldn't do it uh i will say though half those times he did break a stick doing that but no it seems like his breaks his stick very often I don't know. I've never seen a hockey player flex his stick so much when trying to make an outlet pass, but here we are. Um, <laughs> but no, it's it's not looking good for him. He's his skating seems to be non non optimal. It's not hasn't hasn't improved since his debut. Really, it seems like his hockey IQ is definitely there, but it's, his his feet just don't get him to where he needs to be. Um, but no, it's. Uh, it's something that we need to see him make the next step in, especially if he wants to be, you know, the future of this yeah. of this back end with with Brody I pending just, free agents, Giordano pending free agent, Klingberg free agent. It's I don't know what's going on with him. He's he like he him himself is a pending free agent, but obviously restricted. Yeah, yeah, but I just I just don't see him taking that step anymore. He's like he's only a year younger than Austin Matthews, so he's like what twenty five. Crazy now? to think that way. It's crazy like, to think that way. And I remember that. Um, just lost track of years right now. Uh, 2017 draft that he was in, he was projected mm-hmm. to be like 
I think it was no, yeah, Nolan Patrick was supposed to be the first overall pick like all year, and behind yeah. him, it was never like Heiskin, and it was never McCarr, it was never even Heeshier until yeah. like the World Juniors. It was Timothy Lilligren. Yeah, and the whole year it was. Sorry, sorry to interrupt you. The whole year, no, or sorry, the pre the pre year draft rankings had Timothy Lilligren yeah, projected yeah, yeah. two behind Patrick, and then he ended up getting mono in his draft yep. year, which prevented him from playing pretty much any game of hockey in his draft season, and that kind of took uh, effect on his stock and then falls to 17 albeit it's not too far you're still in the first round especially only falling to going from high-end first round to mid first round isn't horrible but you can definitely see what it's had on his development yeah definitely like, and i thought that was a steal at 17 and exactly he yeah didn't didn't have the best season because he got mono at like 18 years old which is not ideal i wouldn't wish upon anyone but he's immediately brought over to the AHL, and this this guy's whole game was supposed to be that he was Eric Carlson Jr. He was mm-hmm. supposed to be very smart with the puck, very mobile, mm-hmm. able to move the puck. And yeah, the biggest thing was that he was mobile for the European ice, but maybe not for North American ice. And so they brought him over to the AHL immediately, and he yeah. played two full seasons. Oh, did he win? I believe he won. Yeah, no, he won the Calder Cup with the Marlies in 2018. They won in 17, 18, yeah. Yeah, as, as he was a rookie defenseman in the AHL. Played another full season there before coming up and getting any, any NHL experience. Played most of the season in 1920, putting up 30 points in 40 games. This was a guy that was supposed to be maybe not the the second overall pick he was projected as going into that draft year, but he was still mm-hmm. supposed to come in and be a, a top two, if not a top four guy that was able to maybe quarterback your second power play and be reliable to a defenseman with that offensive upside. And for whatever reason, he just has not progressed even the way it looked like he would just after those couple of AHL seasons, like not even the, the 17th overall pick in 2017, like after a couple years in the minors, he looked like he was taking those steps. And it just, like you said, the, the hockey IQ seems to be there, but also sometimes it doesn't. And he just makes like a really weird pass that gets intercepted coming out of the, mm-hmm. the defense zone. Or yeah, like he breaks his stick. Like I swear to God, once every two games. Yeah, and it's I, not looking I, good. I don't know how it happens. And yeah, he's just, he's almost, almost progressing backwards these last couple of seasons. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he's turning 25 in April. So I guess he's yeah. technically still young, but, and they say you can't really judge an NHL, NHL defenseman until like 200 games. And maybe it's just because he's been around in North America f- since his draft. Yeah. Year, but he's only played 148 NHL games. So he'll hit the 200 mark this season, albeit yeah. injury and albeit he doesn't play his way out of the lineup this year. Yeah, exactly. But it's like we're getting to that point where it's like we can start to judge him for what he is and not really mm-hmm. expect too much more barring some like incredible breakout season that comes through this, the rest of the season this year that I just don't see yeah. happening. Yeah, it's it's tough because at the trade deadline last year where the Leafs ended up sending Rasmus Sandin over to Washington for the first round pick and uh, Eric Gustafson. Um, but what what would the Maple Leafs team look like now on the back end if it had been T- Timothy Lozergren in that in that scenario? Yeah. Even if it wasn't ex- like directly to Washington, but you just got to think like, did Kyle Dubas trade the wrong defenseman last season? Just the wrong Swedish defenseman, and what like what happens now? Because it doesn't seem like he should be getting a a salary bump on his next contract. I think no, he no can, way. I think he can be under restricted free agency status for two more seasons. Um, but no, he, it's not something like, it's gotta be like a one or two year deal. Another, another prove it deal. Like, can you do it? And then if not, then it's, it's not something that'll last year in Toronto. I think he's, he's definitely somebody that's been, that's been tooted as a very good prospect. Like you said, Eric Carlson jr, especially coming out of his draft year. But 
drafted to Toronto, people stop saying that for obvious reasons. Because um, <laughs> because you obviously can't let the Leafs get Eric Carlson Jr. But no, it's uh, it's it's tough. But I still remember there was a year where they had brought him over. He had won the. He had won the Calder Cup in his first season with the Marlies. And I vividly remember that he was sent down to the ECHL for one game or two yeah. games. Cannot cannot remember, but I remember he even played his way out of the AHL. He was, I don't know what's going on with this guy. He's he's definitely gotten the opportunity. He's gotten the sheltered opportunity. And it just seems like he's consistently not performing to the level that's expected of him and not not expected at the level of uh, of a top four defenseman on the Leafs. Obviously, he's getting kind of getting thrown here for injury, but I think he's pretty much kind of played there, even with McCabe. So it's uh, it's kind of tough. It's kind of tough to see to see that happen. But I don't know what's going on. It's got to be something's got to be fixed, and I don't know if it means trading him or if it means hoping he turns into something. But we'll see. Yeah, it's been tough with Lilligren, but I think the reason that it was Sandine over him is just handedness. Like Sandine's yep. a left shot. They have a bunch of left shots. They even have, I almost called him Tyson Brody. Nope, that's Tyson Berry. They have TJ Brody, who's a left shot defenseman playing the right side already. Yeah. And Sandine just never really made that transition. So if it wasn't for handedness, I think Lilligan probably would have played his way out of the lineup and been off the team as of last year because Sandine had definitely passed him. Um, maybe not the depth chart because, again, just can't, for handedness reasons, Sandine was technically yeah. behind. But you know what I mean? Like He, he had mm-hmm. pro- pa- progressed past uh, – Sandine had progressed past the Ligrin in, in, uh, in value for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the other other reason is the health of Connor Timmins, who right now is injured again, and I don't think we really have a timetable for him. He was put on LTIR as well to start the season. Yeah, I think he's he expected guy, to miss like three weeks or so. Yeah, so hopefully, hopefully coming back in – it's been like, what, two weeks this season? So hopefully coming back in – not not too long here. Um, mm-hmm. He's a guy who's performed really well in the preseason. He had his ups and downs last year, but that was a really sneaky pickup from Kyle Dubas. And uh, if he can become a player, then that certainly eases things on the defense with mm-hmm. him being another right hand shot. Um, and yeah, might spell the end for Timothy Lilligren in Toronto. Yeah, he's you know Timmins came in from the Coyotes uh last season being traded for the six eight six nine six ten monster whatever whatever his height is curtis kurt douglas um mm-hmm. he timmins ended up playing 25 games last year recording 14 points and it's pretty surprising to hear that because most of his minutes were third pair last year yeah. so it's 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 pretty crazy to see that a defenseman putting up 14 points in 25 games from the third pair prominently is is normal um but no he he got injured in the uh, final preseason game he had a fantastic preseason i will say that he was probably one of our best players in preseason and especially in the games where he was playing where the the big guys weren't in the game it was kind of like the third and fourth liners and kind of like the bummy defenseman but it's uh he had a great he had a great preseason and i really thought that he would have an opportunity to make this roster gets hurt for three weeks three or three weeks or so should be coming back by time we drop our next episode, I could only imagine he'll be healthy. Um, but no, he. It'll be interesting to see what happens with the salary cap juggle here because he obviously carries a one point one million dollar <laughs> cap it, so he's a few million yeah. or he's a few hundred thousand over the limit um, for a league men deal. Uh, but no, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens. I can only imagine they end up moving Legison down, but I don't know if that alone will do the trick. They might end up running. 11 and 7 like they did for a portion last year if uh if they have to send somebody like Holmberg down who's waiver exempt and then play I don't know a Gregor Reeves fourth line with 
camp rotating. Like, I'm not really sure what, what to do here. I guess we'll see. As I said, they we'll have, see. They have, they have guys in the wing that can play center, too. Like, yeah, you, can, exactly. you can throw Young Croc or Domi at center for exactly. a pinch. Exactly. You have a handful of centers on the roster. I know Young yeah. Crooks played there in Nashville. That's That was his role in Nashville. So and we'll Calgary. see what happens. Brad Chilibin yes. acquired him to be their third line center for that playoff no, run. Calgary. Noted one goal in 30 games with Calgary, <laughs> whatever it was. But yeah, I, bet you, I bet you Tree Living's trying to get him out of Toronto as we speak. But I, we'll, yeah, uh, we'll talk I feel on like that. that. But, uh, we'll talk on that. Yeah. Um, you you were st- almost setting me up for a perfect segue there, bringing up the, the salary cap and... Uh, Guys coming up, coming back into the roster because uh, one of those guys that could potentially relieve the salary cap and make the roster is Nick Robertson, who's uh, mm-hmm. off to a pretty good tear in the AHL. And like we were talking about before, Fraser Minton was sent down. They called up Pontus Holmberg. He's playing center right now. Not sure if he's going to stick there long term. As of course Robertson's a winger, um, mm-hmm. looking for more scoring out of the bottom six, out of the the depth guys, and it's looking like Robertson could potentially step up to that third line if if Nyes keeps up in the lineup or Domi and uh, Bertuzzi keep uh, keep with a bit of a cold slump here and move their way down. But uh, mm-hmm. three goals, three assists in five games for six points. Still got a dash two somehow. But Nicky Bob uh, is off to a hot start, which we love to see. Yeah, he. we spoke about this in the first one about him him being often injured and, and unable to make this roster. But he's had a fantastic start with the Marlies. As you said, three goals, three assists for six points in the first five games of the season. He has definitely shown that... If he can be healthy, he can definitely be a force. Um, we touched on this on the last one again, but health is obviously a big concern. We had, we just as yesterday, we did play these stars. And as you all know, Nick Robertson had his biggest game as a Maple Leaf last year against the stars, also in the fall, where he scored two goals, including the overtime winner. Um, but no, he's, uh, he's definitely been performing with the Marlies and he definitely deserves to get a closer look for a call up, especially when you're here talking about these salary cap issues that Connor Timmons coming off LTIR will impose. Um, but like you said, the Leafs have a lot of centers on their, on their wings already. So they can do a lot of reshuffling as, uh, as Mr. Keith likes to do. He likes to throw, throw lineups in the blender every so often, especially if things are not working. Seems like every game at this point. Yeah, exactly. No, but Nick Robertson's had a fantastic start of the year. Uh, obviously wish him nothing but the best with his continuance down in the AHL with the Marlies. Um, but no, he's had a great start of the year and he can definitely, definitely earn a call up if he continues to play the way he is. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully he keeps it up. I don't. I don't think by any means five games is uh, enough to say oh we should make the team right now. But stay, stay hot, kid. Stay healthy, and uh, mm-hmm. there might be a spot for you on this lineup because uh, mm-hmm. we end our next point here is yeah. Tyler Bertuzzi has not been the best fit on that top line. Uh, Max mm-hmm. Domi seems to have found a bit of a home with uh, Matthew Nyes and David Camp. If David Camp is going to stay on the third line, centering yeah. those two wingers. Um, could even potentially see Domi slot over to the center spot, camp back down to the wing and fill in, uh, the right or the left wing with Matthew Nyes playing with Domi. Um, mm-hmm. but two decent named, uh, free agent signings that we touched on in our last episode that were brought in on one year deals to kind of maybe not prove it contracts, but like show me you're worth that big money that you were that big, like long-term contract you were looking for. Yeah. that just wasn't out there for you. And the expectation was they would just be plugged into this lineup and Bertuzzi would replace uh, Bunting and Domi would bring some depth scoring and potentially play center and some uh, some grit down the lineup and they would both flourish, but that just mm. hasn't been the case to start the season. Yeah, they've combined for seven points here. Uh, 
Max Domi with four points, all assists in seven games, and Bertuzzi with a go- with two goals and one assist in seven games. Bertuzzi started the year off on that top line with Matthews and Marner, has, as of since, been brought down to the Taveras and Nylander line, which has been fantastic so far. Bertuzzi's only been there for a, ha- a couple games here, and I think he's recorded two points already. Yeah, that I was going to say, espe- I, w- I will jump in. Tavares. Those stats that yeah. you brought up, I believe almost all of those stats are in this last week of play in the last like two or three games. Yeah, and those lineups that you mentioned were Domi down on the third line with Camp and Nyes and Bertuzzi second line with Tavares and Nylander. Tavares and Nylander started the year super hot. They still are hot. Nylander's pushing for for his next contract to start with a 10. I mean, shit. And I think he's been unbelievable. Yeah, that, that was <laughs> we spent like 10 minutes on it last episode. Is that how he's not worth his money unless he has a big season? And he yeah. he's showing us right now, man. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's uh, it's been kind of phenomenal here. But no, I think their role or their goal, sorry, is to put Bertuzzi on this line and hopefully he can find a, a proper home with uh, Tavares and Nylander as they have had fantastic starts to the year. Uh, Nylander is currently on pace for 128 points. Uh, and and so is Tavares, obviously, with with did, exact duplicate did we not, points. Did we not verbatim say, if unless Willie puts up like a 50-goal, 120-point season, he's not going to win a million? I, I vividly he, remember and recall sure you saying that. those were the that. exact numbers that, yeah, I said. You said, yeah, 50, <laughs> he, 50 goals and at least 100 points if yeah. he wants a 10. And at this point, yeah. it's getting to the point where do we yeah, I don't like, want to have this conversation 11 or seven games in, but <laughs> what's going on? Are, are we giving him, yeah, him like, more than Marner on his uh, next deal? What's going like, on? Like Michael Jordan, he took that personally. And oof, yeah. yeah, the Marner conversation, uh, we can touch on that too. <laughs> I don't think it's the biggest issue, but yeah, he hasn't been uh, looking the best to start the season either. Yeah, he, him, him, that top line uh, has not looked not look too hot with uh, Matthews Marner and obviously they started with Bertuzzi but now have Yarncroke but no Matthews has seven goals and two assists for nine points in seven games but six of those goals came in the first two games Uh, so he has not had a fantastic uh, bit of games here after the second game of the season which I believe was the wild uh, yeah. so, yeah, yeah. so, and, and again, Marner, Marner, the same here was six points in seven games. I don't really recall as to how many of those points were in the first two games. I can only imagine most of them were, but no, they, they seem to not be clicking so far. Marner with the goal last night. Uh, so that was kind of big. Hopefully he can get on a little, little bit of a roll he here. Two? I believe, did both of his goals come last night? I think they might've, unless I misread this or yeah, no, they did. Both goals came last oh, night. Okay. Wait, am I? Nope. 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 Sorry. It says Marner two. That's for the season. My bad. Okay. Okay. So yeah. So so just the one last night. Yeah. But yeah. Let alone he's two goals in seven games uh, for being paid just under eleven million. You kind of kind of be a little bit more consistent than that. But also goes out to Austin Matthews, obviously signing his his notable contract in the off season. But he seven goals in seven games. I believe that's got to be what second in the league. I think Debrinket might be higher now. Yeah, I was gonna say. Um, oh, I just had it out. I think Debrinket is still higher. Um, but no, he's definitely got to get on track because as a as an Austin Matthews fantasy owner, he needs to be a lot better. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But no, I can't I can't complain. As a also a William Nylander owner, he's he's kind of <laughs> he's kind of made up that gap. But no, it's been it's been a rough start for that top line. I think they're just trying to figure out who to put on that left wing uh, to kind of make it fit because obviously Yarncroke is there now. But 
you could always end up throwing some other guys on there. Like you can obviously end up throwing Nyes up there at some point. You could throw Domi up there at some point. You can throw Bertuzzi up there and try again. Like it's just, we don't know what's going on. A lot of these guys haven't clicked yet. I still, I'm still a big believer in Tyler Bertuzzi playing on that top oh, line. Yeah, me but too. We'll, but I guess we just got to see what happens. It's, it's, it's been a hot start for some and a slow start for most. And yet the somehow the Leafs are five and two. Yeah, and we can't always expect it to be like plug and play right away. Um, exactly. To your point, though, Austin Matthews, yeah, seven goals is tied for second with Sam Reinhart in the NHL okay. because Alex DeBrinket is unbelievable, has nine goals so far this year. Um, what playing in Ottawa does to a player, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Getting out of Ottawa, you should say. Yeah, at um, this point. <laughs> but uh, it feels like it's been years now. Like I feel like that top line hasn't been solidified since Zach Hyman. Like yeah. bunt, bunting for a little bit, yes, but he like after that first season, he started taking some really stupid penalties. The refs like were not going his way, and he started falling down the lineup. And I feel like it's been a lot of guys that have played on that top line because yeah, mm-hmm. since Hyman, what's the guy's name? Like like Nick Nick Ritchie was originally the one yeah. brought in, and yeah. then Bunting took his spot. Joe Thornton started that one season on that top line. Yeah, um, yeah, I feel like they've been looking to, for like. To, to fill that first line left wing spot since Zach Hyman <laughs> left for Edmonton. I thought Bertuzzi would be the guy. He might fit better in that second line, maybe just because mm-hmm. the second line's hot right now and they want to get him going. Mm-hmm. Um, but he does, he, he's like the ar- perfect archetype to fit alongside Marner and Matthews. But yeah, they just like have not been themselves. Not that they've been bad, but they just haven't been the players they can be and the players we know them to be. Matthews yeah. has had games like like obviously those first two games, yeah, six goals and two games, two hat tricks. He's had a few other games where he's been somewhat dominant and just it's not making its way in the net. Like against Chicago, mm. I forget the guy's name already, whoever the goalie is. Um Soderblom. Soderblom, that's it. Yeah, I was like, it's not Mrazek, and it's not the the rando that they played last season in the flip side jerseys, who I didn't even know mm. who he was when you said his name. Um, he he was like shutting out the Leafs, like no one could really score on him until I think it was like the dying seconds they finally scored or something. Um, yeah. Anyways, but like Matthews has looked good good in some games where he hasn't produced. Marner, I just I haven't really noticed too much out there, and mm-hmm. uh, we might need to bring Ananda, your your roommate, down in uh, Niagara <laughs> there for a segment on Mitch <laughs> Marner and how he's not off to a great start, but just hasn't had the impact we expect from him. And yes, it's yeah. early, and hopefully they'll heat up and hopefully find some chemistry with someone playing left wing with them, mm-hmm. but uh, not off to the start we we expect or we want. No, yeah, as you said, you know Zach Hyman was a definite fan favorite here in Toronto. But I mean, if Edmonton's willing to give him five and a half for seven years, albeit go for it. Um, but no, Zach Hyman. That first line has been abysmal since Zach Hyman left. It seems like uh, it's just not working out. Nobody knows why. Zach Hyman, uh, Michael Bunting, and I guess now Tyler Bertuzzi. I'm not going to sit here and say they're all the ex- the exact same player, but they played the exact same role. All yeah, identical they're, players they're in that similar, aspect. Yeah, similar. Yeah, types so, players. so it's it's kind of tough because uh, I think the Maple Leafs definitely need to figure out what's going on as to why why Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner aren't performing. I don't know what it is. Is it even? It's getting to the point as to is it even the left winger issue? Like it's. I think it's pretty much why are these two guys still playing together? Maybe they got to be too. split up. But the only issue is I have with that, Tavares and Nylander are playing way too well 
for me to split those guys up. So where does Matthews go? Who goes on the Matthews line? Yeah, where does but, Marner go? You're dropping Marner third line? Like, I don't know. <laughs> Back down to the fourth line with Matt Martin on his rookie year. Yeah. Um, oh, man. But let, me, let me throw this at you. I'm pretty sure Sheldon Keefe has... May, I'm not sure if never is the right word because I feel like he probably has at some point, especially like mid game. But he hasn't mm-hmm. consistently broken up Marner and Matthews since taking over as head coach. Yeah, like the the thing with Babcock is that he would just never play them together, and it mm-hmm. seems like Keith is the opposite, where he just won't not play them together. Yeah, and I think it's worth a shot. Like, yes, Nylander and Devaris are looking so good right now, but if they're <laughs> as hot as they are. Maybe make that switch. See if Willie can get Austin going and if JD can get Mitch going. If it yeah. doesn't work, then you go right back and then they still have that chemistry. But I think yeah. it's worth a shot right now. I Like, Tavares and Marner had that chemistry in JT's first year here. He scored 47 goals and Marner put up mm-hmm. nearly 100 points. That's the reason he has the yeah. card that he has right now. Mm-hmm. Like, there's definitely chemistry there. And, like, a Bertuzzi, Tavares, Marner line, I think, would work really well because it's similar enough to what's happening right now with Nylander where Marner yeah. can carry the puck Tavares can set up in front of the net he can make some smart plays down low Bertuzzi can bang and crash and same thing get in front of the net and Marner can try and mm-hmm. feed them for, for tip-ins um, like or tap-ins not tip-ins he's not a defense yeah. um, in front of the net and mm-hmm. I think it's worth the look and we know Willie and Austin have chemistry they play their first like three seasons together Yeah. so at this point I'm always confused as to why Keith hasn't tried it with the amount he's put those lines in a blender like we've been talking about yeah. and switched up basically everyone else except for those top two lines where it's like, nope, Matthews Marner, our first line, not splitting up and Tavares Willie are line two. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's kind of odd because I, I'm going to be a complete uh, advanced analytic guy right now. Oh, here um, we go. The, the Maple Leafs. With Austin Matthews, or I guess I'm not going to say the Maple Leafs. Ma- Austin Matthews and Mitchell Marner on the same line have played 1,380 minutes over the last few seasons, ever since 21-22. That is a grand total of, uh, it says here, 144. 144 games. Um, and this is all at 5-on-5. Five five. I just want to point that out. This is 5-on-5. Five five. Sure. Their expected goals for together is 62%. That is... <laughs> That is extremely high. That very is good. that's very good. That is very good. Austin Matthews without Mitch Marner is putting up a fifty eight percent expected goals for, oh. which is also very good. good. Mitch Marner without Austin Matthews is putting up a fifty one oh. expect percent expected goals for. So it seems like I don't want to sit here and say one is carrying the other because both are fantastic hockey players, but it seems like Austin Matthews has found more success without playing with Marner than Marner has without playing with Matthews. Mm. But obviously the best the best scenario as of the expected goals for shows is Matthews and Marner together are going to eventually find their stride. I feel like it's happened every year where they've had slow slow starts. But Yeah, yeah. No, I just I just wanted to bring that up because I found that no, interesting. That, that definitely is interesting. And of course, as we know, expected goals determines the Stanley Cup winner every year. Exactly. Um. <laughs> exactly. So but no, that, that's that, that is definitely interesting for that that drop off between um Marner on his own and Matthews on his own. Yeah, it was um, almost a 6% drop-off. Yeah, I wonder if that's because Marner is... Like the, oh, no, it's only 5-5, five and five, so I'll that, trash that thought. But maybe it's... Be, like When Marner and Tavares were together, they weren't the greatest, and that's the whole reason they got split up. So I'm thinking maybe that might have something to mm-hmm. do with it when they've tried it in the past. But mm-hmm. anyways, uh, hopefully <laughs> there's... Uh, 
there's a good solution here, whether it is splitting up or not. It seems like Keith is going to keep riding those horses together uh, yeah. until he loses his job. So hopefully they turn it yeah. around for him. But uh, yeah, so so far, Willie and Devars are more than making up for the rest of the, the slow start. And we just kind of hope uh, the rest of the team can catch up to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm definitely going to. Uh, I'm just going to look this up now, actually, with the instead of Matthews and Marner in that scenario, I'm going to look up obviously John Tavares and William Nylander because they've had a fantastic start to the year. And I'm just I'm like me personally, I'm just intrigued to see how this is. But but in the meantime, I just want to say that I think the best the best left winger that line has had in the last few years has not been Zach Hyman has not been Michael Bunting and has not been Tyler Bertuzzi, but has obviously been as I I'm sure you'll agree because if you don't, I don't know what else to say, but Alexander Kerfoot, I think he's been fantastic oh on that God. top line. <laughs> no, uh, no, no. Right, and that's all, honesty, all folks. We'll come back to you in another two weeks. <laughs> no, in all honesty, he's, I'm not going to sit here and talk Alexander Kerfoot, um, but no, no. So now that I have the stats in front of me here, so John Tavares and William Nylander has a, have a 55% expected goals for together ever since 21-22 so over the last three seasons uh william nylander without Tavares has put up a 56 expected goals for percentage so it's somehow one percent higher but then again th- again this is over the last three years so the seven games of this season cannot inflate that and i just want to point out that william nylander and john Tavares have played together 165 games worth of five on five time so that is not a insignificant amount. Let's just say that's a yep. lot more than Matthews and Marner have played together. So I find that interesting. But John yeah, well, Tavares without William Nylander has put up a 53%. So obviously they're all very huh. similar there. So it seems like they're pretty comparable there. Uh, but no, I'll let you talk about that while I'm pulling up Austin Matthews and William Nylander together. Sure, sure. Um, the the lack of gameplay, is mo- I would assume, is most likely due to um, injuries with Matthews and so uh-huh. That's also something that just kind of clicked is uh, he's actually been fairly injured over the last couple of seasons. And so especially just since 21-22, which I believe is the year he won the heart. Um, so Marner has had to play with some other players. So that's a potential uh, explanation for why his expected goals without Matthews is so low is because he's, his line's been shaken up a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, that Tavares and Nylander is interesting. They are very similar, but... <laughs> it seems like Tavares might be weighing him down a little bit, uh, yeah. <laughs> which uh, yeah. I would not have expected. But uh, it's yeah, the numbers aren't end all be all. Uh, they're definitely clicking well together right now. Um, a very small sample size, but I'd be interested to see what those numbers are so far just this season, or maybe just this season and last combined mm-hmm. uh, instead of three years. But uh, but no, definitely interesting. And uh, people people harp on analytics as people like to think that like people take the analytics and they're like, Oh, this is, this is gospel. And like this, uh, there's no other way, but it's really, it just, it's a tool that to help you evaluate players and evaluate yeah, teams. Like exactly. it's, it's, it's worth to look into this kind of stuff and it's, it's interesting mm-hmm. to see what the results are. And yeah, no, it's definitely, definitely interesting to see uh, who's kind of carrying the water a little bit more on each of these lines. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not going to throw out more numbers here. Cause I feel like I don't want to get anybody a little confused with this, but according to like the expected goals, uh, expected goals, um, Stat here, the percentage, Austin, or sorry, Mitch Marner and John Tavares, and then Austin Matthews with William Nylander together is worse than what they currently have going. So I don't know what's, so it seems like, it seems like Keith has, has an idea of what's going on. I don't think he's necessarily looking at that stat exactly, but 
I feel I mean, like it yeah. seems like it seems like the lines that they currently have now with with Marner with Matthews and and Nylander with Tavares seem to be working more than Nylander with Matthews and Marner with Tavares. But like you said, Marner had his fantastic season a few seasons ago when he was with John Tavares. And that is the reason why Marner's making essentially 11 million here where Marner yeah. put up like what, yep. 97 points or something like that was, that was um, wild. It was like or, no, it was, it was, yeah, sorry. It was 94. That was the year where he got his contract there where he had 68 assists. Like, yeah, that's I wild. think, I think, yeah. And as you said, Tavares had essentially a 50 goal year almost there. So it was, uh, it was pretty good. I think they had pretty good seasons, but no, it's, I don't know. It's just a matter of yeah. will these lines click over the next over the next few weeks, or will Keith be forced to make his hand and and end up changing some of these lines? But I mean, hey, it is what it is. I don't think you touch Tavares and Nylander, but like you said, if you move them and put them back, they're not going to lose their chemistry that they yeah, have. Yeah, exactly. So. And like, quick nerd sesh. The like public data that's available isn't the exact same as what the NHL has and what teams individually exactly. track. So, but we know the Leafs, even without Dubis right now, they still have a very large and one of the most advanced and like most prolific um analytics departments in the league we -hmm. know they use it and so i'm sure they have similar numbers that say the similar like similar things that Marner and matthews are doing better together and maybe it's just not producing right now because like i said five and two and they deserve to win a meter so advanced out wise they're doing something well and uh hopefully it translates to points uh points soon yeah, um, it's but, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Just touching like, like, like them and yeah, them ahead, and the Canes. Ahead. Them and the Canes are oh, kind of my God, both pretty high with with their analytics. But no, yeah, talking. It's 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 Dubis has always been an analytics guy, and I feel like that's kind of why he's been hated. But we're not here to talk about. Yeah, that. absolutely. But uh, anyways, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll stop beating a dead horse with uh, talking about Martin Matthews and uh, Neil Leonard mm-hmm. Tavares here, because uh, there are other players on the team that uh, have been pretty hot this the season, and others at their position that have not been. Yeah. I think everyone knows where I'm going with this. <laughs> Joseph Wool seems to be taken over. Or is it Wool or Wall? Because TSN wall, was... Wall, Wall, Wall. I'm Joseph Wall. wall. Okay, because TSN was doing a really poor bit about that. They were trying to be funny and it wasn't. Sorry, TSN. But anyways, Joseph <laughs> Wall uh, seems to have taken over the starting crease away from Ilya Samsonov, who has not been very good to start the season. No. Let me pull up my stats here again. Joseph Wool, I believe, is still second in the NHL. It's, it's early, but second in the NHL in save percentage with a 961. And Ilya Samsonov, I don't even know where this ranks league-wide because it's so low, is currently yeah. in 831. So there's, what, 130 points difference there, percentage-wise? Yeah. One has definitely looked better than the other. And this was something we touched on in our last podcast that came up in that first game where Sammy let in a couple of bad goals and mm-hmm. was looking like his old Peter Mrazek type self in Washington where he's sliding around the crease and getting out of position and trying to make desperation saves. And again, when he pulls them off, it's insane. But when he doesn't, it looks really bad and it ends up in the back of the net. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's been so far this season. We were hoping it was maybe just a one-off game against Montreal. Doesn't seem to be the case. And Joseph Wall has looked stellar. Yeah, he's had a great start to the year. I think I think statistically both goalies have four games played under their belt, but obviously Joseph Wall coming in and yeah. taking relief for Samsonov in the Tampa game. Was it the Tampa I, I, game? Was it Tampa? I think, I think Tampa was the comeback. I believe Tampa yes, was the comeback, yeah, yeah, and yeah, that yeah. was with... Yeah, I was going to say, oh, the game... Yeah, he, I honestly can tell Whether you. it was Tampa or not, it was the game that Samsonov got pulled, Wool came in, and they won the game. Yeah, it was Joseph Wool came in in relief for Ilya Samsonov. Uh, 
because Samsonov had allowed, I believe it was three goals on the first four or five shots. Yeah, it was not good. I cannot. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't looking good. But no, Samsonov, as you said, has been very lackluster to start the year. Um, but no, yeah, touching back, Joseph Wool did end up playing uh, the game against uh, the Blackhawks, where they lost four one, and that was his first game of the season. Uh, ended up with a nine hundred save percentage there. But ever since he dropped a shutout. Uh, relief appearance against Tampa. Yeah, came I was in. There was Tampa. Came, three yeah, goals and four came, shots for Samsonov. Yeah, came in had a nine seventy four against Washington, allowing one goal, and came in and had a nine sixty nine last night against Dallas. Nice. Uh, he's been. I know. Nice. He's been. Uh, he's been pretty good to start the year. Again, last year he had. I don't think he even had ten, even ten games played in the regular season last year. No, I think he only ended up having here have seven, and and he had a. Uh, a 9.32, and obviously in the playoffs, four games played with a 9.15. But uh, but no, he's um, he's definitely come in. He's definitely proved his point. I definitely don't think this is the stats are going to keep up. It's definitely not sustainable. No, not, not I, at 9.61. But. but I definitely don't see them dropping off to the point where they're in the 800s at all. Like I think if Absolutely he plays not. the way he's played over the last few games, he's played fantastic, hasn't given up any bad goals of sort, hasn't been bad at all especially in those high danger chances he's been absolutely fantastic um but touching into Ilyan samsonov uh he has not been good whatsoever to start the year with an 831 save percentage and a 435 goals against average with a uh a goalie pull against chicago or sorry against tampa bay there but he has uh definitely got to be a lot better than he has been Hopefully he can get back to what he was tutored to be in the draft, getting drafted in the first round by Washington in 2015. And he had a 919 last year. So if we can get that out of him, I think you can be that and wool. I think you can easily be a notable tandem in the league, top three, well, even the best, but we got to get Ilya Samson up back on track. And he starts against Nashville on Saturdays against Yusei Saros. So I think if Samsonov can pull off a, semi-decent game the Leafs will definitely have a shot but if Samsonov plays like he has over the last four games that he's been in uh they definitely are going to have a lot of issues on the defensive side yeah this is definitely a get right game for Samsonov like Nashville's not the best offensive team they're known for the other end of the ice so hopefully he's able to kind of regain some confidence as I believe he said uh it's been hard mentally which I can imagine like they're starting goalie last year started in the playoffs till he got hurt and now just a poor start to this season Mm -hmm. um the reason I knew right away that Joseph Wall had not started 10 games for the Leafs last year is because of the tweet that I sent to our Leafs group chat last night, or maybe not last, or yet, yeah, no, it was last night, and then you sent again this morning, and then people finally reacted to, uh, is that the most wins by a goalie throughout their first 15 games as a member yes. of the Toronto Maple Leafs, Joseph Wall is tied for first with Jack Campbell with 12 wins through his first 15 games. Mm-hmm. So not just this season, going back to last year and the 21-22 season, the lowest save percentage Joseph Wall has ever posted in a regular season or playoffs, like not a non single game, obviously, but over a span of games is a 9 11 and 21 22 in his first mm-hmm. four ever NHL starts. Had yeah. a 9 11 that year, had a 9 32 across seven games last season with a 9 15 in the playoffs, going in in the second round of the playoffs against Florida, who ended up being the Stanley Cup finalists, and now is a 9 61 across four games to start this year. Mm-hmm. This is a good goalie. I have been really high on him for a long time. 
pretty much since they drafted him. I have his stats pulled up here. Yeah, uh, sixth, not sixth round, Jesus Christ. Third round, 62nd overall in the 2016 draft out of Boston College. Or sorry, no. Yes. Out of the U.S. National Development Program going to. Committed to Boston. Committed to yeah. Boston College. In his three This was seasons, the Matthews uh, draft, too. Yeah. He was. Um, third round. Yeah. He was third it round. It was Matthews, Matthews Korshkov, and. I was going to say, yeah. He was Wolf. the one after Korshkov. Yeah. Um, yeah, I believe he was the only. It's a, this is a Steve Dangle fact from the draft. I'm trying to remember right now. I believe he was the only other player aside from Matthews the Leafs drafted that year that was at the draft. So all the <laughs> pictures of him at the draft are with Matthews because they're the only <clears> two <throat> that were there. Anyways, across his three seasons at Boston College, 34 games, 17 wins, 913 save percentage. Yeah. Next season, D plus two now. 30 games, 17 wins, 915. D plus three, 37 games. 13 wins as Boston College kind of plummeted. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but still, with 13 wins, 21 losses, a 919 save percentage. Not the best start in his first couple of AHL seasons, but this is a guy that was a good prospect at the time. The third round isn't like the, the highest place to pick a goalie. Obviously, we see some mm-hmm. goalies going in the first and early second rounds nowadays. But mm-hmm. it's also not the lowest. Like this was a guy that was decently touted, and they've developed him properly. They've let him simmer in the AHL. His numbers last season were really good with a 927 across 21 games, mm-hmm. and now he's showing it in the NHL. And he is that new age type of goalie, just like like I was growing up. A big fan of Carey Price. Like I believe they talked about it. I think it was last night's game, if not the night before, uh, the game before against Washington, that Carey Price was his idol growing up, and he plays that exact same mold that North American and like now like kind of like Finnish and Swedish style too, where you're mm-hmm. just, you're very like stoic in the net and mm-hmm. you don't move very much. You're fast and you're agile and you're athletic and you can make those saves like he made against Dallas where he has the, the slide across the net and you stretch out. You can do all yeah. that, but it's not your go-to move like it is with Samsonov where he's trying to make the big save every time. Wool tries to keep everything very simple, but is able to make big saves. And that's why he's done mm-hmm. so well is because he controls the crease stays nice and compact and calm reacts to the shots and then when he has to make the desperation save can do it and he's big he's six foot three like this is the archetype of what modern goaltending is and Mm -hmm. i'm so glad that it's working out and while i don't expect a 960 save percentage i've wanted this guy to develop for seven years now and i'm so glad it's happening and i genuinely think this is their starting goalie moving forward maybe not it's got Maybe not like the. Sorry, yeah, like, go ahead. I was gonna say maybe not like the Frederick Anderson like 60, 70 games a season starting goalie as of right now, but I think he's the guy they need to focus on instead of Samsonov. Yeah, just touching back to the uh, to the draft here. He was drafted in twenty sixteen. Uh, he is currently th- uh, fourth on the on the list for games played as a goalie out of that draft. With who's above uh, him? Third third place, I believe, is Connor Ingram with oh, Tampa yeah. Bay was Connor Ingram with Tampa Bay, drafted also in the third round. And then above them is Philip Gustafson, was drafted, I oh, believe he was drafted was to draft. Pittsburgh. Yep. I think he was drafted to Pittsburgh, trade to Ottawa, and then now obviously yep. in Minnesota. Yep. And number one, obviously being Carter Hart, Carter Hart is yeah, the okay. big notable guy from that draft. But no, he's he's fourth currently in games played, and I can only imagine he's going to shoot up past Connor Ingram at some point this season. I'm not entirely oh, sure. Absolutely. I'm not entirely sure what Connor Ingram is up to right now. I believe he's, he's with in Arizona. Arizona. So he might be in a tandem there. So you I'm never pretty know, sure it's him and Vimelka. 
Yeah, okay, so that makes sense. But no, yeah, so Wool is currently fourth on that list for uh, games played as the goalie that year. But yeah, touching back into Joseph Wool, you know, he came over to uh, to the Marlies after uh, playing at Boston College, and he put up very subpar numbers. They were they were yeah. below 900. He was never really relied upon as a starting goalie. And then he did have a big injury in 2021, or in, tw- in the season 2020 and 2021, just to clarify. He only ended up playing 15 games that season. And I remember him getting injured because yeah, I believe also at this time, both of the notable goalie prospects for the Leafs, you're going to have to, you're going to have to help me here. Or sorry, I, I know it. It's it was Joseph Wool and Ian Scott yep. were two notable goalies in the Leaf system. Were the two notable goalies in the Leaf system, and both had major injuries that season. Obviously, Ian Scott not playing uh, hockey anymore, from what I can remember. Yeah, had to retire Joseph, due to injuries. But Joseph Wool, um, Joseph Wool definitely has has come up. I know Ian Scott was the draft after was in the Lozergan draft, but Ian Scott obviously couldn't make it with injuries, and now Joseph Wool, what looked like a what looked like another another goalie that doesn't make the NHL in 2020 uh, has comes up for four games in the 21-22 season uh, has a 9-11 save percentage in four games again we all know what happened with him last year ended up coming and ended up being the starting goalie for the Leafs in the playoffs and then as it is now it is his crease to lose for the Leafs yep. and it really just really just play the hot hand I think playing absolutely the way the Bruins had it last year where they kind of just either rotated every game or they just played the hot hand. Like whenever Allmark had a kind of off night or wasn't a hundred percent, you kind of throw Swayman in and, and vice versa. And I think, yeah. And that, that's tough. And <laughs> you know, you get into the, you get into the playoffs and every team has a set goalie. Every team has a goalie that can get you to, pl- that can play every game. You can play upwards of 20 to 25 playoff games, but uh, Joseph will only playing four last year because Samsonov uh, with injury. But it, it definitely is something that this year, again, it's his crease to lose. It's really, he's shown that he can play. He, I think Keith had a quote the other day that Joseph Wool kind of like begs him to play games and kind of continues to remind him that he wants to be on like the starting goalie, wants to be on the ice as much as he can. And I think, you know, as a goalie who's only 25 years old, we know that goalies like bloom late with the exception of Carter Hurt. Uh, the as you know, Samsonov wasn't really a notable NHL player until last year with the Maple Leafs, and he was in his 25th age season. And now Joseph Wool coming in, he's age 25, and hopefully that he can be the goalie of the future, like you said. And I think as of right now, that's it seems like he's the only option. This is why I also didn't want a big long-term contract for Samsonov when he went mm-hmm. to arbitration as an RFA this past summer is because I knew Joseph Wall was coming up. And like you said, he's 25. He's We were talking about how Lilligren might be, this is all that he is, but goalies develop differently. There's a much yeah. bigger learning curve towards the NHL um, for a goalie than I feel like there is for a skater. I, I can't really speak to the skater. I don't, neither of us can really speak to developing into an NHLer. Neither of us are NHLers. But (laughs) I played as a goalie growing up. I played uh, my entire life as a goalie, so I I have some semblance of an idea of what (laughs) what it's like. Um, And yeah, they need to take time. You need to kind of let them develop, and that's exactly what the Leafs have done with Wall, and it's looking to pay off right now. And so I like the tandem with Samsonov. I'm I'm not saying any of this to say Samsonov's a bad goalie and I don't want them to keep him. I think a tandem's a good good idea, especially for this season. And if Sammy wants to go be that dedicated starter, he can go elsewhere. Like, yeah, 
Wall is emerging as that guy who, again, I don't know if playing 60 or 70 games is good for goalies anymore. Like, it, it's just, it's, it's too much for a full season. It mm-hmm. causes a lot of injuries and a lot of, a lot of strain. Um, so I think a tandem's the right way to go. And I think these two guys are the perfect ones for that because Samsonov has that experience now last year of being a full time starter. He can mm-hmm. kind of teach Wall a little bit. And like you said, when, play the hot hand but one of them's not going you play the other it's not like a, a carry price dustin takarski situation where it's like oh no now we have to throw in the, the guy who's not played all year so <laughs> yeah uh, so yeah I, I like where the goaltending is at obviously samsonov needs to start stepping it up or else we're gonna have uh, some more serious issues but uh mm-hmm. it, it is still early in the season i expect both their numbers to level back out like we'll, we'll come back down to earth samsonov should pick it back up and uh I feel like they have a solid goalie tandem this season. Like you said, could definitely be top three, if not one of the best mm-hmm. um, in the league. And yeah, if they're able to keep both of them, they're both youngish. Like, I feel like this could be a tandem for the next uh, couple of years going forward. Yeah. You know, they've, they've, they definitely proved it, especially Samson of last year. But, but again, like keep reiterating how bad of a start to the year he's had this year. Yeah. Um, and, and Joseph Wool playing out of his mind, but yeah, no, just to reiterate what we, what we're saying here is, if the Leafs were to substantially underperform, I definitely don't think it will be their goalie tandem, and I definitely no. don't think it's their forward core. I think I think it seems to be a very reoccurring theme with their defense, and I don't necessarily – I'm not going to sit here and say their defense is bad because I definitely don't think it's bad. It's definitely in the upper half of the league, um, but it's just a matter of like Jake McCabe, who's our second-pairing guy. He's now out, and – our goaltending depth is, or not goaltending, sorry, our defenseman depth is now shot. So it's kind of gotten to the point where do we see an in-season acquisition? Like obviously Tree Living's made some like pretty big moves in Calgary, bringing in names such as Lindholm, Hannafin, or I guess, yeah, Hannafin, uh, seen Dougie Hamilton in and out. Uh, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see what he can do yeah. as he, in regards to to maybe addressing some of these holes. And I mean, you can even talk about him him making that uh, that trade with with uh, sorry Florida. I was going to say yeah, Brian Weaker. Kachuk and bringing in Uyghur and Huberdeau obviously Uyghur playing fantastic with Calgary and Huberdeau not so much so and yeah. Kachuk playing fantastic with Florida so let's hope we don't get a situation like that where you end up having to trade a guy like William Nylander for, for because he isn't willing to commit or his number is too high and you end up having to trade him for a return like that because as you know when that trade happened everybody is sitting there laughing at Florida like what are you doing and 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 a year later, Florida's in the Stanley Cup Finals, and Calgary misses the playoffs. Yeah. So it's it's just a matter of uh, what's going on, and and will we see something like that? Hey, you might even see some guys or him re reacquaintance with some guys out of Calgary, like Hannafin, like Sidorov, like some of these guys that are ending the year as as uh, unrestricted free agents with the cap supposed to be going up a lot of money next year, looking to be eighty seven, eighty eight million. So they can definitely afford a re sign. On some of those guys, especially if they're pending UFAs, but I think number one, it's got to be Nylander to stay. But no, touching in again on the defense, if if anything were to let them down, it would definitely be that. Yeah, looks like it so far. And uh, like you said, Living basically completely rebuilt that Calgary defense, moved on from Mark Giordano and TJ Brody, mm-hmm. um, brought in 
I'm trying to think of the list here of guys you didn't say. Uh, yeah, like Chris Tanev, Nikita Zadora. I brought in Eric Goodbranson yeah. as the third liner and actually made him work. So uh, we know defense is a, is a big thing for him, and it's been a big thing for this team pretty much since, like, what, 2013? <laughs> was mm-hmm. kind of like seen as their downfall, and uh, lots of jokes about it since then. So uh, we, we know that's a public issue that's out there. Trill Living has to be aware of that. And uh, I feel like there's going to be a move made. So whether we put up a poll or something, let us know on Twitter or X or whatever it's called now. Y'all got something going on there. Yeah. Who you think the Leafs should acquire because uh, it looks like there's going to be a trade coming. Maybe not imminently, but uh, sometime in the near future here, especially if McCabe is going to be out long term. Mm. And uh, yeah, interact with us on there at Carlton's pod. And I believe that is all from us. Anthony, any lasting thoughts on the uh, first couple of weeks of the Leaf season here? Uh, nothing else, but go Buds. Go Buds. Also, go Bills. Go Big win last night on a no, Thursday can't, night can't football. Have that. Can't all have right. That. Well, I had to sneak it in there. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> thank you guys for listening. We'll be back again in two weeks, dropping every other Saturday. Uh, if we're coming to you any sooner or in between there, we'll, uh, we'll make you aware of that beforehand. But that'll be our set schedule going forward. Saturday, expect us every other Saturday, every other week. And that's all from myself and Anthony at Carlton's Corner. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll talk to you again soon.